Welcome to Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Pembroke campus. Well, we've heard different messages on crisis before. We've heard different messages on going through tough times. But it seems like when you... you, Depending on where the message goes, you only tap into a very small portion of what God wants to reveal to us through the hardship. And so for me, I'm looking at this series anchor to really help us get to know who God is and, and how really to discover who we are in the process. I know that there's a lot of people that have gone through some tremendous crisis in their lives. You know, incredible hardship. What do you do in the midst of that hardship? How do you, how do you process that hardship? And how do you process the... Um, essentially, what's your anchor is what I'm asking. What's your anchor? My wife and I went through a difficult season in our lives. Um, 2014, um, we, had, um, we had a miscarriage. I don't know why I'm getting all teary. <laughs> we, we processed this and we've moved on, but um, it was a miscarriage. And I know that that's, it's, it's common, you know, among, uh, among families However, it doesn't remove the hurt. It doesn't remove the pain. For us to call it common, it, it happens, and it's sad. But what did, what did we do to come around, to, to hold on to something firm in the midst of pain? For both Sarah and I, the pain was real. Uh, it was it was like a promise that evaporated in a moment, and maybe I had my trust in the wrong place. Maybe that maybe my eyes were in the wrong spot <laughs> in the midst of going through this storm. But I share with you this very personal thing because it it it, it share it shows you that there, it doesn't matter how, what position you play or what, what role that you play within your church or your, your community, there's tremendous vulnerability. We all go through the same stuff. And I, I struggled. I struggled to find the place to hold on to the anchor. <laughs> I was looking for the rope at that time. I know God is the anchor, but I just was, I felt like I was grasping for something and I wasn't finding it. And I remember I was in the waiting room. Sarah was in, in the other room um, meeting with the doctor at the time and I was just praying and I had a really good friend call me and she was praying with me and um, after, after I hung up, I just was, okay, I, Lord, I need to listen to you. 
because I'm asking all these questions, why? Uh, and he said, this had to happen. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> the all-sovereign, almighty God comes back with not a word of comfort, but a word of, hey, this had to happen. I know that sounds rough, but it wasn't in the sense of it wasn't careless. It was very careful in the way that he had spoken to me. But I knew deep in my heart that what took place had to happen. And I could share with you some great things that came through that process. But what do you do when you are in a place of struggling to grasp onto the rope, grasping onto the anchor? Do you guys have a similar story? Do you guys have a, 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 a real crisis that you had gone through that you just couldn't tell up from down and you had questions just going through your mind like what, what is going to happen from here? Like why am I going through this? I want to show you a video of someone who, uh, who asks the same question someone who is going through a difficult season in, in her life, in their life, her and her husband. So I'm going to let you guys watch this quick video. Well, I mean, the, the trial is cancer. And the trial is, he is the love of my life. He's a very genteel, loving awesome man of God and when I see him I see Christ <laughs> I see Christ because those are the attributes that are in him and um, what's the battle cancer I mean nothing can separate us from the love of God it's a win-win situation whichever way it goes but for me it was just, it's too soon. <laughs> it's too soon. Um, how long have I been married? Not long enough. That's, that's the way I, I feel about this. And um, he has been incredible through this, through this trial. He's very positive, but not in a worldly way where you kind of try to psych yourself, no. He is positive and knows who God is, and his trust is in God, and his trust is in the Word of God, and he's been doing all the, these memory verses about healing. Um, for me, that's been the biggest trial, like, no, you know, I, I want him to continue being in my life. It seems like a very strange place to end a video like that. But there's so much more to the story. How do you think she is dealing with the pain? How do you think she's dealing with the uncertainty? Where do you turn in the midst of the storm? Or who do you turn to? place yourself in this situation what you heard was Elaine who 
her husband is dealing with brain cancer. And so he had fought it off and had a simple surgery and had um, battled over that once before and came through like a champ. But then it resurfaced. You know, what happens if the phone rings and it's cancer? You, you go for a regular routine and you, and you come back with bad news. Your uh, daughter comes home late some night and she says, I'm pregnant. And you're like, well, what do I do? What do we do? Things at work, you experience a layoff, you get let go from your job, you, you experience difficulty within the job, getting transferred, changed around, moved from one place to the next. That tension when you get that phone call, hey, we want to see you in the office after your shift is done. How do you deal with that at that very moment? Your, pre- your, your parents that call in for a family meeting saying that they're getting a divorce. How do you deal with that? These situations are difficult. They're very hard. And they make you ask the question, God, why? Why am I dealing with this today? Why me now? You see... God knows exactly what's going on, but on our side, we, have, we are lost in this cloud of uncertainty. In the midst of hardship, I know that God desires to do something in and through us. There's so much scripture that speaks to his goodness and the trial. And I remember James, count it all joy when you fall into various trials and tribulation, Right? We know that. Count it joy. But what do you mean? Count it joy. Where are we going to find joy? There are times in a Christian's life where we have to look at the storm, straight, straight through the storm, and have that deep determination and conviction that we are going to hold true to the anchor, our God, and say that no matter what is happening to me now, no matter the the outcome of the situation, that our God is the anchor in our life and we need to hold on to Him with everything that we are. I want to say this, but I don't want to be harsh when I say this or inconsiderate, or unloving. But I have to say it's time to act like a mature believer. A lot of people desire to be mature believers, but in the process of the pain, we tend to kind of drift away and we become self-focused, self-centered, like the whole thing is revolving around us, but it's not the case. I feel like many times we don't allow God to take us through the the boot camp. (laughs) You know the barbed wire that sits real low to the ground and there's mud that's about six, seven inches deep and you have to get in there and you have to get underneath the barbed wire and you have to experience pain. You've got to get all scraped up in the back. 
you got to get into the mud and, and actually go through something very hard to become the man or the woman God has intended you to be from the very beginning. And let me say this, that not all things that, not all storms are storms that God said, this is going to happen this time in your life. He knows that they will happen, but it is not his intention for you to experience the, the, the particular situation. Sometimes it is a cancer. Sometimes it, it comes from our environment or what we eat or whatever we, we are prone, our, our, our genes are prone to. It could be, you know, someone else's sin that causes you to go through like what we just saw in North Carolina. Think about the men and women who forgave the man who, who shot and killed nine people in a Bible study. Think about that kind of storm and situation that they're going through right now. And to put yourself in their shoes, you have to realize that not every storm was intended by God and planned out. But that we live in a world, in a fallen world, that is full of sin and full of things that we just have to live around. He like sets gravity. Therefore, gravity, the laws of the physics behind all of creation allow for certain things to happen, which God will not intervene in the midst of. But God does bring healing. God does bring us through the storm. God does do so much for us to see His goodness in the midst of no matter how hard or how painful that particular season of your life is. We talked last week about the circumstances. It has nothing to do with the circumstance. It has everything to do with the outcome and what He is creating you to be. It is okay to talk about the whys, but it is another thing altogether to hold God in contempt for not giving us a perfect life, a touchless life. In fact, quite the opposite. Jesus said that if you come to me, you're going to have problems. Guaranteed. And the reason why he says that, he says that he will baptize us in the Holy Spirit and with fire. And what that fire is, like we talked about, that redemptive process where we go through incredible uh, stress to produce something of great value within us. And some of you guys might be in this place where you're like, I can't handle any more stress. I can't handle any more pain. I can't handle my emotions going like this. I, the, the roller coaster. What if you were with those precious little girls that I saw in a video talking about their dads? Five pastors in Sierra Leone that were murdered. Hindu extremists that took care of five pastors who lovingly led a congregation. They're different congregations, and they were sharing the story. I'm not going to go into the grotesqueness of the situation, but to be a little girl in the midst of that, talking about how God protected them as a family, even in the midst of them losing their dad, how God is still great and still merciful and still mighty, to have that kind of faith. We've never gone anything through anything like that. It isn't so much the severity of the situation we go through. It could be something little. But where do our eyes fall and where do we run to? 
You see, we search for resolution in the midst of the pain and the struggle. But God wants to give us revelation. God wants to give us something tangible for us to, to put our lives on track with Him. And for us to see God move in and through us as people. Revelation is the resolution in all of our struggles and, and trials. You see, God does allow us to go through things because he wants to do something in and in, in through us. Well, I think a lot of times we, we take, <laughs> we usually have this solution, guys, women, it's not just guys, but a lot of women do this too. They try to figure out the solution to their problems. I can figure this out. I can do this. I will go to the doctor. I'll, I'll, I'll do these treatments. I'll do all, anything that we need to do to, make, to fix this problem. And we take, we take things into our, our own hands many times. But I truly believe that God is doing something in and through us on a much deeper level when we can actually exist in the storm and not fight. That doesn't mean that God doesn't want you to, if you have financial problems, <laughs> He doesn't want you to keep spending like you guys have a million bucks. I mean, there are certain things you, like if you, if you, you know, you smoke cigarettes and, and you, you've got like lung disease, God wants you to stop smoking. You know, there, there's certain things that we do have to take responsibility for, but what I'm talking about is stop fighting God. I believe that there are many people here in this church building as well as the people in our lives. When I preach, I don't just preach to you, I pray to Jesus that, that when, when I'm preaching that this goes beyond this group. That this goes beyond into your relationships and the people that you love. That, that you can take what is being said here and go into your relationships and share with them the things that God is is bringing revelation to. Gosh, God is bringing revelation to me in the midst of all of this. And just kind of like Wayne Cadero says, whatever this comes out of here has to go here and through me and out to you. So I've been dealing with the same struggle and trials and, and trying to figure out, God, what are you doing in my life as an individual when I go through the pain? In Isaiah 55, 8, I want to share with you Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him. Into our God, for he will abundantly pardon. I love this. And this is the, the key verse in Isaiah 55 here for my thoughts are not your thoughts, and neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. God desires to reveal his purpose and his kingdom to each and every one of us. And the struggles that we go through are part of this, this relationship. I think struggle is necessary. I think that pain is necessary for the believer. It, we are... We are built up when we go through pain and suffering. 
it is not like <laughs> putting on the sackcloth and taking the charcoal and messing up our hair, walking around like, oh, I'm, I'm afflicted, I'm afflicted. No, it's, it's more of this idea that, guys, we all go through stuff. You, your friends that are not believers are going through stuff. But at the same time, God desires us to go through these things. And our outcome comes, is totally different. Because our eyes are on the cross and our eyes are on our God who is loving and he says, your, your, your thoughts are not like my thoughts. Your ways are not like my ways. And I know you're such a logical individual and you're trying to figure out that, well, this must mean something. It's kind of like the pile of potatoes. You guys track it with me? No? All right. That's an inside joke. Or a culture joke. I I don't even know. But we try to figure things out. And we try to put all the pieces together. And it, sometimes where we find peace is by trying to make all the little pieces work and fit together. But that is not exactly what God desires for us to do. That's not a, that's not a God piece. That is a self-induced human response to trying to figure out the solution to the problem. I think that if you take some time to go through letting go of the process and letting go of the solution, letting go of putting all the little pieces that come together, if you take a moment to kind of let that go and seek the living God for your peace, then I think that you're going to experience what Elaine has experienced, which we'll get to in a few minutes. I want us to go directly to uh, the Bible here. If you have your Bibles, I want us to see Hebrews 6, 17 through 18. I read the entire section last week, but we are going to focus primarily on Hebrews 6, 17 through 18. It's also up on the screen. So when God desired to show more convincingly To the heirs of the promise, the unchangeable character of his purpose, he guaranteed it with an oath. So that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope that is set before us. There are certain things that I want to point out in this verse God desired to show more convincingly. How incredible is that? That the God of all creation doesn't necessarily need just to say it once, but he cares so much about us and he knows how we're made that he said, I desire to show you more convincing. Like God has to convince us of anything. But because he loves us so much. And let me just say, if I could back up all the way to the beginning of this message, I would say you people are loved by God. You are loved by God and nothing can change that. Not your sin, not your goodness, not anything. But God loves you. You are beloved. And based on this idea that you are loved, listen to what God says. He says, I desire, I desire to show more convincingly to the heirs of the promise, that's you and me, we have been, we are now heirs of the promise, 
the unchangeable character of his purpose. It is his purpose. Like we get to see his character come through this. And he guaranteed it with an oath. And he said the reason why he did this with an oath is because he cannot lie. He is a God who it is incapable for him to lie, which means that you could put all of your trust in him and that you might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before you. For me, in the midst of the storm, that is what really turns me on. Like my, you know, the inner being, like the light that comes in and through me. When I know that I could put my whole trust in him. I, I've talked to a lot of guys who've dealt with um, guilt. Guys who've come back from war. And they would say, why me? Why was I spared when my buddy got killed? It, was, it should have been me. <laughs> and I, I, I've never served in the military, but I know the strong bonds of brotherhood within the military. But there is that, that essence of why did I come out of that? We have to let go of the, uh, the, the trying to make those things work out in our heads and realize that he has a purpose. What I find interesting is the word fled. We who have fled for refuge. Many times we look at that and we say, well, obviously we're running from something. But it, as Christians, we need to be running to God. It's not the, it's not the situation running from, it's running to He is our strong tower and he is our deliverer and he is one we can trust in and run to. And we are saved. I want to just share with you some revelations of God's character because really in the end, what he's trying to show us is who he is. Even in the midst of the struggle that we're going through. Number one, God cares. Because he desires to show us more convincingly his purpose. And he is reliable. And see, David sings so many psalms about his reliability. You can read through all of psalms and there's like, you know, God is, he's calling out to God. He's in the pit and yet God pulls him out. He is reliable to us. And God is unchanging. And we see this through the story of Abraham last week. That his promise, he said it, he said it, his promise was, and God fulfilled it through Abraham's life. And we see that. The other part is that God has a plan. And Jeremiah declares this, the word of the Lord, that he has a plan and a purpose for us. We see throughout scripture how he reveals his character to us. And through revelation... We not only discover who God is, but we discover who we are. It says here that we are heirs of the promise. What are we heirs of? I mean, what is the promise? We talked a little bit about the promises last week, but what, is, what does it mean to be an heir? I mean, the kingdom of God, yes. I mean, there's, there's so many scriptures that says that we will rule alongside with God in heaven. But what about right now? 
And I believe that what he is saying today is that we are heirs of the promises and of his power and his kingdom today in our current day life. And that really comes through a change of our minds through the difficulty that we go through. We are God's family. We have a future and an inheritance. Those are three things that you need to understand from this scripture. We discover who God is and we discover who we are in the process. And honestly, you have to know who you are. And if you're on this journey with God, for us not to... Yes, we, we, our desire is to know who God is, but God desires for his creation to discover who they are in the process. That's the beautiful relationship that we have with him. And for us to focus altogether on who God is would be missing the story as a whole. So God wants to reveal to you and I who he created each and every, each one of us to be. And we're not talking about like, well, I'm a, I'm a you know, I, I was meant to be a contractor, I was meant to be a pastor, I was meant to be this or that. That's not kind of what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the in, intricate personality that he put inside of you and how he loves you and how he wants to interact with you on that level. That too, that's a tangible living God who can meet you in that place. But we have to do it in a way that is not putting God. See, what happens is, and I'll finish this sentence, we sometimes take the difficulties and we blame God for the difficulty. We, we sometimes blame God for being the one who says, who puts us through us, the, 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 the trial. We, we blame the Lord. And what he's trying to get us to is stop blaming God and start loving God, start start focusing on God, start holding on to God. Because a lot of times in those difficulties, when we were asking the question why, we hold God in contempt and we separate ourselves from the one person that can help us get through the difficulty in the most incredible, victorious way. And that's why when he says that I'm going to give you a crown, a victor's crown, it's not a crown of royalty as it is someone who has overcome. We talked about that in weeks, be, in weeks past. That that's the, that's the struggle that we go through. How God desires for us to see him and hold on to him in the midst of the difficulty. He is revealing to us what he's doing in our lives. And there's so much to share with regards to the revelation. But I think it would be very important for us to, at this point, to really see how Elaine has come through this process of discovering who God is and who she is in God. And then we're going to talk about it a little bit, little bit more. So here's part two of the video. If I would say there's this big revelation, it's just in the power of the promises of God. Regardless what the outcome is, my attitude is an attitude of thanksgiving. I am so thankful. I'm thankful for this storm. I am thankful 
for my wonderful husband and the time that we have. I am thankful for all the people that have come alongside and been so gracious and, and, and have offered prayer and strength, you know, life groups. Um, and it's this word that's become, I'm becoming it because you, you read the word of God and you read the promises, but are you becoming that? And for me, that's the revelation. I am becoming all of this patient and, and gentle because you can really be upset about bad things. I'm more than an overcomer. I have the mind of Christ. The joy of the Lord is my strength. You can read that, but boy, do you really become that? Do you really understand it at this time? To me, that's the revelation that I have this strength that God has given me. You can't work that up. And I do have joy. And I thank God for every day, every day. And adversity and trial should not define who you are and how you live, especially if you're a Christian, because God says the craziest things. And, you know, God just fries his eggs a whole different way. And we need to catch up to that. And, and just keep our eyes on Him. And eventually, I'm telling you, it becomes part of who you are and it becomes your response to, to life. But, you, but I, I, I caution you, I, I tell you, you have to pursue God. You have to pursue Him and His Word and pray. And allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you every single day. Journal. <laughs> Journal. Read. Memorize. Eat it. Chew it. Like a good plate of Spanish rice and beans. <laughs> just, just eat it. And, and that's where the power is to, to overcome um, trial. powerful. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your straight, your straight, he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Get your eyes looking up. Get your eyes looking up. I love Elaine. <laughs> Because she, she spoke what is true. That we need to have hearts of thanksgiving. That we need to have hearts of praise. One of the things that Sarah and I both experienced through the miscarriage was that instead of asking God why, we began to start asking, we started praising God. We started thanking God. And you see the miracles take place in our, in, our, in our lives when we begin to praise the Lord through the difficulty. When we begin to just focus our hearts. And I love what she said because it's true. We wrote it down, but she said it. She said it. 
you become it. For us as Christians to read it is one thing, but then in the midst of adversity, we become joy. We become peace. And I love that. What is it gonna look, what's it gonna look like in our lives? The next trial that comes in because you know it's gonna come. And that doesn't mean that we sit on the edge of our seats waiting for it, but I almost feel like God bring another trial <laughs> because I wanna experience that joy, that peace, that kind of relationship, that closeness to God. And you don't need the trial necessarily to experience the joy, but it becomes so much more alive when we do go through it. Well, you can start seeking him now and start praising him now in the good or the bad. God is going to see you through your difficulty. In Philippians 4, 6 through 7, it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It will guard your hearts and your minds. This principle is so important. Our hearts and our minds are delicate things. And we need to protect what God has given us by coming before the Lord. And he takes care of all the anxiety. He takes care of all of our fears because he's trustworthy and he loves us through it. I want to just take some time right now just to pray. If you would bow your heads and uh, Glenn and Celeste and, and uh, Kevin Shepard will be up here. Uh, my wife will be up here to pray with you. Um, if you're going through, if you're going through difficulty, and you need to have friends come around you and pray with you, I want to just extend that to you now. No difficulty is too small. And nor is any difficulty too big to share your heart with, with those that we do life together with. We're not going to run from the adversity <laughs> or how, how difficult it may be in your life. But we just want to give you this opportunity right now just to pray. Father God, and today we just see how important it is for us to be close to the character of God, <laughs> close to the love, to the tangible God who has promised us that you will be there with us in the midst of the storm, that you are trustworthy to see us through. And that in the midst of all of this, that you are developing mature believers. No longer are we going to say, woe is me, but we're going to come and, and say, God, may you be blessed and be, be glorified in my life. Thank you, Jesus. 
Church, I invite you now, if you need prayer, please come up and, and receive. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. You are good and you are holy. Thank you for leading us into this new realm of relationship. Open our eyes to you, Jesus. It's late, but I just want to be quiet before the Lord for a minute. I just want us to listen to the Lord. Father God, today in you, we rejoice. Only you are holy and only you are worthy. In all things, we submit, God, our requests to you. Not holding anything back. You're a God who can take our honesty you're a God who can relate to us as you've created us. Sometimes it's good just to sit and be in his presence. And uh, I'm excited for just the opportunity for us to be doing life together and to be going through the things that we go through as a family. So don't hold back. If stuff is going on in your life, don't hold back from one another. We can share our burdens. That's how God intended it for us to be together in relationship. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com.